Hello, and welcome to Sacred Adventure Begin, an inquisitive space where we explore topics like gaining wisdom, travel, yoga, meditation, dance, art, and following our soul-guided paths. I'm your host, Emily, from gettingintoit.com, and together we'll focus on enjoying, sharing, and interpreting our sacred adventures and how to embody these lessons in our daily lives. Let's begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Sacred Adventure Begin. I am hopping on the mic today to talk to you about a topic that I feel very, very strongly about, um, mostly because I spent so much of my life sort of separate from or disconnected from my body. And I think that um, a lot of times the way that we approach um, production and our lives in society is that like we do things in our body or our body is here to help us um, you know, go to work and have a functioning day and it isn't really a site that we honor and venerate in what it does for us and there's so much to unpack. Um, with our approaches to our body from, especially as women, how society tells us our body should look. And I think I can include men in that statement too also. I should I should state it that way. Um, but also the, the way that we sort of judge ourselves, our character and others' selves, character, worth, uh, value, potential based on their bodies and so there there is also like a weird disconnect that occurs there where a lot of people can end up feeling like unsafe thinking about or exploring things related to their bodies because they've spent their whole lives um, either being told that uh, they're lazy or unsuccessful or you know whatever it is and actually if we even go this far that that a whole part of their body is unacceptable and sinful even and I know actually as soon as I said that I know a lot of you are immediately gonna know what (laughs) the podcast episode today is about Um, today's episode is about sexuality and um, coming to learn about ourselves and this episode is specifically focused on the female body, it'll probably be interesting for men to listen to just from the perspective of um, awareness. Uh, but we do talk a lot in this episode about um, the ways that society makes it wrong for us to know about our bodies and, and the lack of general education there is out there regarding that. And we do talk a little bit about um, the sacredness of the whole body. Um, including our reproductive area and the the sort of dichotomy between how we approach that and how we're told to talk about that and, and the um, absolute power, self-love, and self-awareness that comes from um, being aware of this aspect of ourselves and these parts of our bodies so that we can have a fulfilled, holistic, and amazing, (laughs) loving, accepting life. Today I have an episode with Caitlin from cyclewiselove.com and in it we talk about um, 
the work that she does in the world, which is bringing fertility awareness and education to a multitude of age, age ranges, specifically though um, for women. And it's so empowering and amazing that she does this work. Um, all of her contact links are in the show notes. So if as you listen, you're hearing us talk about fertility awareness and you're like, holy moly, that sounds amazing. You can pop into the show notes and check out her website as you listen to her story. So here we go. Hello, Caitlin McMurtry of CycleWise. Welcome to the Sacred Adventure podcast. I am super pumped that you uh, are here to share what you do with these listeners. Hello, Emily. Yes, I am super thrilled to be here. And hello to everyone listening. Yes. So I'm wondering if you could start by telling people a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure, I would love to. So I am Caitlin and I am a certified fertility awareness educator. And that means that I teach people of all ages and walks of life about how to understand their cycles and their fertility and their hormones in ways that they probably were never taught about in sixth grade. And we can get into my story about how I came to this work if we want at some point, which is always interesting. Oh yeah, this is the Sacred Adventure podcast. This is how you got on this adventure. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, well, I'll jump in then. I would love that. Actually, well, can I ask you one question before we get started? Because I feel like a lot of people here, um, they hear like cycle awareness or fertility awareness and they think it's just about like how to get or avoid getting pregnant. And I'm kind of wondering if you could break it down for people why they would be interested in it if they're not trying to do one of those two things. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So one of the biggest myths that I like to smash right away is that you don't need a cycle and you don't need a period unless you're trying to get pregnant. So Fertility awareness or cycle charting or fertility charting is more than just noticing the length of your cycle. It's more than just day tracking. It's more than just tracking your periods. It is an in-depth look into your overall health, your reproductive health that pretty much no other system can deliver. So sure, you can track your periods on an app, for example, and that will basically give you an estimation of when your next period is due. But with fertility awareness, what we're doing is we're looking at daily physical evidence that comes from your own body freely each and every day that will tell you when you are fertile, when you are not fertile, as well as a multitude of other things like how strong your progesterone is, what your estrogen levels are up to, if you have good quality fertility, and even the day that your period will come. And this is all based on signs that come from your own body. So it's remarkable. That's amazing. And so enlightening too. And there's also, um, I know like, and I I might ask you a little bit about this later, but like spiritual elements to understanding, I mean, not even spiritual, but I mean, definitely spiritual, but um, making our awareness so that we're paying attention to these signs can also be, that's what I'm trying to say, a very like spiritual, a very loving, a very self-care like process, right? Mm, I love that. Yes. Tracking your cycle is like a form of self-care because everything will start to make sense. So oftentimes we think that the body is out to get us. Like it's, Mm. it's either meant to cause us, cause us pain or inconvenience. It's meant to 
just ovulate any darn time throughout the cycle. It's willing to <laughs> waiting to strike with an unintended pregnancy if we don't want to get pregnant, or it's like it's working against us in all these ways, right? But when you start actually charting your cycles and paying attention to what your body is saying to you, there's rhyme and reason that comes into place. And all of a sudden you're like, that sign, that symptom I was having, that wasn't some random strange thing. That was actually my body telling me that I was about to ovulate or, oh, hey, I noticed that when I'm craving this type of food every month, that's my body trying to get the nutrients it needs. That's my body trying to get enough calories because my progesterone is high. My metabolism is raging and I need more calories or, oh, you know, I feel really tired today and I just can't work out and I don't know why I'm lazy. I sh I'm not motivated. No, you'll see that. Oh yeah. I'm in the later part of my cycle. This is when my progesterone is making me want to rest and be calm and not like do these crazy hard workouts. That's what I used to do. Um, uh -huh, me too. <laughs> and so, yeah. Yeah. And so it just, it, it allows you to see the cyclicity of your life and all of your habits and how it all fits together. And like I said, things start making sense that they probably never made sense before or seemed really random. Oh, what a beautiful way to connect to your body. So, wow. <laughs> right? So, wow. So I feel like, I mean, like there's so much here and, and we'll definitely talk like a lot about this later, but I feel like culturally, uh, especially as women, there's so much stigma around talking about this. Um, and again, we can talk about that too. So like, how did, how did you personally get through that and get on this path where you're delivering this amazing kind of, like, I would call it a healing thing. Like when we stop fighting the functions of our body and we start working with them and we start loving them and looking at them. And I love that you called them. What did you say? These beautiful signs that are coming from our body about our health. Like, how did, how did you get going down this path? This is so cool, Caitlin. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was quite a journey. So I spent the first 25 years of my life totally in the dark about my body, disconnected from my body, hating my periods, hating my cycles, really uncomfortable to be in this female form. And oftentimes I wish that I was a boy and growing up, I had such anger toward, towards, you know, the boys around me who didn't have to have periods. And I grew up in a very period and sex negative culture, as we all do, as well yes. as a pretty, pretty shut down, like home house, you know, home environment about it too. So I was just like carrying around this heavy bag of shame and mistrust and fear for my body. I was always just so anxious that I was going to get pregnant any moment. I would worry myself sick if I was even like, if my, you know, period was even three days late. <laughs> and so when I was 25, everything changed. I was out of my first long-term relationship with my high school sweetheart. And um, I was in a new relationship, which was rocking my socks off. Um, and we needed to figure out a birth control method. And mm -hmm. I kept thinking, you know, there has got to be something else. There has got to be an alternative because I didn't want to go back on the pill. I had thought about the IUD multiple times, but the thought of having some hard pokey object pushed into my uterus was not appealing. <laughs> I wonder why not. <laughs> you know, I just couldn't, didn't really sound like the best thing ever. So I just like, I was searching and searching through Google, like what else is there? No doctor would tell me about any alternatives. My partner mm -hmm. was like, well, I guess I got a vasectomy. 
I was like, no, you're only 33. So, <laughs> so I stumbled on something called fertility awareness. And I immediately dismissed it because I thought, ah, this is the rhythm method. This is like what hippies living on communes use. And yeah, our Catholics and, and they like, all get yeah, pregnant. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and people who have giant families or it's what my great grandma used and she had 20 kids, you know, <laughs> but I kind of started reading about it and it didn't seem like it was the rhythm method. It seemed like it was something else that actually involved something totally different, which was observing these biomarkers of fertility from the body each and every day. So I was kind of interested and I mentioned the book to my partner. And he got it at the thrift store for 10 cents and brought it home. Stop. The universe was like, please have this. The universe was like, you need fertility awareness. There you go. Let me make this easy for you. Let me just put this in your lap. Yeah. So I opened the book and let me tell you, I wanted to cry because the book was full of graphs and charts and numbers and anatomy and physiology. And I almost failed every single math and science class ever. And I was told I had a learning disability my whole life. So I thought I can't do this because I'm kind of stupid. And this looks really complicated. This is like scientific work, but I wanted so bad to understand my cycles. I wanted so bad to break out of this body shame and this, this dislike for my femininity and, and all these things. And I wanted a natural birth control method so bad. So I started reading, I read the whole book <laughs> and I started, this book is gigantic. So it was called, yep. it's taking charge of your fertility by Tony Weschler, which is like the gold standard for fertility awareness books out there. And so it's a giant book and I read the whole thing. I started charting my cycles and it was like the most transformative event of my whole life. I mean, to this day, so I'm 35 now, this was 10 years ago. And nothing to this day has come close to changing my life so radically because when you are at home in your body, when you are the authority of your own body, when you are the primary source of information about how your cycles work, how your fertility works, it's hard to talk that I gotta say. And so not only did I have this natural birth control method that I loved that I learned for 10 cents, and later on, I did eventually. Yeah, I, I have to okay. say, I, let's I, let's just stop there. Like, you didn't learn that from ten cents. Like, your time went into that. Like, reading true. that book was hard for you, and you also had to work to get past your um your like fear of not being able to look at the charts and graphs. Like, mm-hmm. the, it. I mean, yes, the universe showed up and gave it to you, but like you stepped in and you did the work for it. That's massive. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. It feels really good to be acknowledged like that. I agree. It was, it was <laughs> revolutionary in so many ways because I didn't know how I always thought I was stupid with math and science. I felt really disconnected from my body. I was really scared of my body and learning fertility awareness was the one thing that completely changed all of that for me. And so, so yeah, you were like your first client. <laughs> yes. Yes, I was. And I eventually did learn with a teacher six months later, which thank God, because it was, it's a hard learning curve when you're doing it all by yourself and you have no context for what mm-hmm. anything means and what you're seeing. I did pretty good. I mean, I was really dedicated because I just wanted it so bad. And I, I loved what it was doing for my life. So of course I wanted to shout this from the rooftops and 
just get the get the message out to anyone else who needed it. So I went on to train as a teacher. So I, I did a two-year training program with my teacher, Sarah Bly, and she runs the Wells School of Body Literacy. And I graduated in 2016 as a certified fertility awareness educator. And I have been teaching to not only adults, but to girls and teens since then, which has really been um, a huge part of my work is educating about teen cycles because if adults don't know, oh boy, teens really don't know. And teen cycles are like a whole other world, pretty much. So, yeah, because the rhythms are just getting established. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for knowing that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, like just kind of, I guess, for for reference, like I grew up in a very Catholic household and um, we didn't talk about any of those things at like at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And I like I had so many questions and I did a lot of like reading um as well. And fortunately we had we did actually bizarrely at a Catholic school have a really good um anatomy and physiology sort of like this is what's happening with the reproductive system. So Ooh, at least huzzah. Yeah, I know. Unexpected. But it, it also came with, uh, and this is how you're going to get a million STDs, and this is why you should never have sex, and like, yeah. oh, <laughs> unless you're right. married, oh, and only totally. to make babies, because God wants you to, anyway, don't, I, I, I don't mean to like. <laughs> it's so true, that's the it message is. you get. It is, and also, there's also the message of like, for, for women, um, to um, like, oh, okay, so you're going to still play all the sports that you have, and we're just going to pretend like your period isn't happening. Have a tampon. Go away. Mm -hmm. You know? And, like, it was hard for me in particular because I always had really heavy periods. And so, like, leaking was an issue. <laughs> Cramps were an yeah. issue. Like, and I felt exactly how you said at the beginning where it was, like, I, um, I was fighting with my body on it. And I, I'm still like, even now, as I'm very close in age to you, <laughs> as a 37 year old, I, I am still now learning about how my choices and my behaviors affect my cycle. And, um, and also how they have, how they affect me emotionally, energy wise, um, and then like how what I eat and what I do with my body influences that. So I'm kind of and then we could even like talk about like this going into this learning about this is such an act of self-validation because when you finally say like i'm not going to ignore this anymore i'm not going to be ashamed of this anymore um it gives you so much power like when you when you started learning this didn't you just feel like oh my gosh like my body is amazing <laughs> it, oh it was so amazing the first time i ever saw proof that I had ovulated via my what's called basal body temperature. When uh -huh. I saw that temperature shift, I was like, my body Holy did shit. it? Did I yeah. ovulate? Like mind blown. <laughs> they never taught this in science class. Hello. Yeah. They actually taught us that at a Catholic school. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like in sixth grade, they were like, and when you ovulate, your temperature changes and like, and you're just like, okay, but also don't get pregnant. Oh, wow. oh my gosh. I'm like jawed my jaws on the floor to think of any high school class teaching about basal body temperature. Well, like, what? to be fair, I can, I went to a private Catholic all girls school. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty specific. I could see them maybe. Cause I mean, the thing is 
about fertility awareness is it does have deep roots in the Catholic Church. Like the Catholic Church really spurred a lot of the movement towards creating modern day fertility awareness, like observing these fertility signs. So, yes. you know, we got to give them credit. Like they really knew what they were doing. I mean, yes, they were also using the rhythm method for many years, which fertility awareness is totally different from mm-hmm. this public service announcement there. <laughs> but so I think, you know, I guess it would kind of make sense that they would probably have some more awareness of temperature and probably other signs just because, you know, I know a lot of couples will get coached on natural family planning before marriage and everything. So they do. And it's so hilarious. I mean, if this is because also, I think you can say that you're doing rhythm method, but if you're, if you aren't actually tuned into your body, you might just be unaware. Like if you're just taking your temperature or whatever. And uh, my sister-in-law and brother-in-law, both Catholics, both doctors, so I'm surprised they did the rhythm method, got pregnant on their honeymoon with the rhythm method. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And not on purpose. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's not super effective. No. And so like, we had a good chuckle about that, but like, (laughs) um, yeah. So I guess I, I feel like I have a question then. So what is the difference between like fertility awareness and rhythm method? Oh yes. Let's talk about this. Yeah. The rhythm method was developed in the 1930s based off of a very rudimentary understanding of how the cycle works. So basically what happened is two male scientists, Mm. quote unquote, discovered, (laughs) which I always put that in quotation marks because the majority of our like scientific discoveries have been made by men. So they discovered that menstruation occurs approximately two weeks after ovulation. So based on this very simple understanding. They created the rhythm method, which is a calculation formula that tries to predict when you will be fertile this cycle based on your past cycle length. And there's a little bit more to it than that. The formula is not quite that simple, Um, but suffice to say, it's not very effective because anytime you try to predict or guess or calculate when your fertile window might occur in the cycle, it's not going to be that accurate because your fertility, your fertile window changes cycle to cycle, and it's not a fixed thing. So that's why people have, you know, all these jokes, like what do you call rhythm method users, parents, um, <laughs> it's like playing birth control roulette. <laughs> oh my God. I've never heard that. You've and never that heard so that. And you went to Catholic school. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, there you go. Oh yeah, it has, it has such a reputation for being uh, very ineffective, which, you know, it, it, it is um, just because, like I said, fertility is not static. It's, it's, uh, it changes cycle to cycle. So in a nutshell, the rhythm method is based on a prediction. So fertility awareness is based on observation of day-to-day fertility. You're looking at these three, what are called primary fertility signs. This is like physical evidence that your body gives you to tell you what's going on in the inside of your body with your hormones. Mm -hmm. And these three primary fertility signs are this amazing substance called cervical fluid or cervical mucus, as it's sometimes Uh called, totally amazing, basal body temperature, and cervix position and cervix changes. And And you can detect those in yourself? Yes, you can detect those in yourself. This is like 
this is like a language that your body speaks to you each and every day, but likely you've never been taught how to actually understand it. So, wow. I didn't know about the, um, cervical position. Yes. Thing. Uh-huh. This yeah, is incredible. Can, it's oh. so, I know it's, it's like, it's, it's my, it's like mine. It's my, one of my favorite things to do is to tell people about this stuff because like the, the light that I see come on in their eyes is like priceless. So yeah, fertility awareness is a daily assessment of checking these signs. And if you're using the method to prevent pregnancy, following four rules and asking yourself, am I fertile today? Yes or no. You're not trying to predict anything. You're not trying to predict when ovulation is going to occur. You're not counting days. You're not doing any of that stuff. You're looking at evidence from your own body that's talking to you and saying, hey, today's fertile or nope, today's not fertile. Huh. And, but this, this information is useful for other things besides like whether or not you're going to be fertile, right? For sure. Yes. The thing is by observing your fertility signs, you will know how fertile you are. And I'm going to say one thing mm. right now, I'm going to yes. like poke some holes in this idea that a lot of people have <laughs> is that being fertile is a bad thing. Mm -hmm. No, we want to be fertile. We want to be super fertile folks, because when you're fertile, that means that you are ovulating. When you're ovulating, that means that you are producing these hormones, estrogen and progesterone, which not only give you your fertility, they also impact every other system in the body from your thyroid to your lymphatic system, to your brain, to your bones, to your breast. So we really want to be fertile. It's a good thing. What? So Mic drop. I know. I all again also getting information today. Hello. Hello. So, <laughs> so when you say that like your ovulation affects your well thyroid, I mean obviously that your ovulation affects the level of hormones that you're having. So I could see that. But like could you give an could you give just like one example of how um how knowing when you're um ovulating might be useful to you? that isn't about getting pregnant. <laughs> sure, absolutely, yes. Yeah. So ovulation is one of the key drivers of, like I said, not only fertility in the body, but health. Because inside your ovaries, where all of those eggs are maturing and growing, um, well, I should say that inside the ovary is where you release that egg at ovulation. And that little egg is pumping out not only tons and tons of estrogen, it's also after ovulation, pumping out lots of progesterone. And so knowing when you ovulate, or I should say knowing that you are ovulating period, because not all of us ovulate regularly for various reasons. Um, mm -hmm. There's so much stress and so much craziness in our world that ovulation is a very delicate event and it doesn't always happen. So if you can tell that you're ovulating, you know that you're making these, these powerful hormones that are going to for example, uh, regulate your blood sugar. They're going to put um, calcium into your bones. They're going to protect you from cancer. They're going to regulate your libido and your sleep and your mood. So being able wow. to, to prove that you are ovulating, you know, okay, my body is in good health because you're not going to ovulate if, you know, there's stress going on or there's uh, like nutrient deficiencies or you're not eating the right diet or whatever it is. So, so yay ovulation. Yeah. So when there's dysfunction in the body, you can also, I'm assuming with fertility awareness, like say 
Um, and I'll give an example from my life and you can tell me what I was doing wrong, but <laughs> okay, <laughs> you can like, I guess, walk backward and, and use the information from your body to then make better dietary choices and stuff like that. Right. For sure. So I had, um, a couple years ago, I had an issue where I, oh my God, I had a period that basically like did not want to stop. <laughs> yeah, it was horrible. And I, um, fortunately wasn't experiencing cramps or anything like that with it, which was really, really great. But like, I had been prescribed even more hormones to deal with it, even though like my test had shown, I, I even went in for three different tests at different parts of my, my, you know, cycle, I guess you could even say that, that it was just a constant cycle. Um, but they were like, you have pretty normal levels of everything. Like this is within the quote, you know, healthy or normal range. So we don't know what's going on. And at the time I was really strictly vegan and I honestly was not doing a very good job of keeping healthy fats in my diet. Mm -hmm. And I found out later that that's one of the ways that like, after your body produces these things, that's one of the things that it puts it in to help, you know, flush it through your system. And so I had a system on like essentially overload and, uh, like, I don't know, I don't know if that, like, if that even is an example of maybe like what else was going on that you might want to talk about or like how then adding those things to my diet, like really helped me a lot, like a lot. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So really heavy and really long periods are often the result of something called excess estrogen. Mm-hmm. There can be a lot of different reasons for this. It can be low thyroid function. It can be insufficient progesterone, bad progesterone to estrogen ratio. It can be nutrient deficiencies like zinc or iron. There can be other things involved like histamine production, um, insulin resistance, chronic inflammation, et cetera, that could be causing these long, you know, heavy periods. But interestingly, in a vegan context specifically, it makes me think that the vegan diet is is really big on grains and seeds and legumes, right? Um, yeah. And things like, you know, soy and whatnot. And yep. I was eating a lot of soy. I got yeah. Rid of that. Yeah. So it's kind of a paradox because the, these, um, these foods can sometimes make periods a lot lighter uh -huh. because they contain what are called phytoestrogens, which are plant estrogens that are a lot weaker than our own natural estrogen. So they're not identical to the estrogen that our body produces, but they're similar. They kind of behave in a similar way in the body. So they're weaker than our own um, estrogen that we produce in our body that's stronger. So they kind of block us from producing that estrogen. And so having a lot of estrogen builds up your uterine lining and <laughs> it can lead to heavier periods. So you know, these yep. grains and seeds, the vegan diet can basically, it can lighten periods. However, it also has the effect, it can have the effect of reducing progesterone. So to give you sort of a, well, not a visual because you can't see me, but um, <laughs> leading up to ovulation, your estrogen is, is the dominant hormone and it's building up the uterine lining. It's making it really thick and really lush so that if the egg does implant, it has a nice happy home, right? After ovulation, progesterone is the dominant hormone and progesterone um, sort of grooms the uterine lining, if you will. It lightens it, it makes it a little bit um, not quite so heavy. So it balances out estrogen's effect of building lots and lots of lining. 
So going back to what I was saying about the vegan diet containing these phytoestrogens, they can have, um, the vegan diet can have the effect of reducing progesterone, which is going to mellow out that uterine lining and it's gonna help reduce it a little bit so it's not so heavy. Um, another reason why the vegan diet can sometimes lead to this, this situation is that um, a lot of grains and seeds and nuts and legumes and things, if they're not properly prepared, like if they're not soaked or sprouted, um, they contain lots of what's called phytic acid. And phytic acid is, is what we call an anti-nutrient. So it, it likes to hold on to all of its nutrients um, and it can even like prevent the assimilation of other nutrients. So minerals like zinc, magnesium, um, which you need for a healthy period. These oh my God, this is so interesting. I know, I feel like I'm taking us down a whole rabbit hole here, but- We are, um, you know, like, let's dive. Are... <laughs> okay, well, great, I'll keep going. Um, <laughs> So yes, basically um, a very grain, nut, seed heavy diet contains lots of this phytic acid, which impairs the body from using these minerals that it needs to have a healthy cycle, to have healthy menstruation. Um, like I said, particularly minerals like zinc and magnesium. And zinc and magnesium are two of the absolute most important minerals that you wanna be taking or getting enough of for a healthy cycle, for pain-free periods, for having a, um, not super heavy period. This is incredible because I was, so I, I was take, I wasn't doing as good of a job of, of taking those, but like also at the time I wasn't soaking my seeds and I have, I drop about like six um, almonds into water overnight. And then in the morning I wake up and eat the, the almonds. Um, there you go. In, in addition to like a lot of other stuff, but I had no idea why I was doing that. <laughs> oh my it's, gosh, you're just, you're just intuitively soaking. No, the book, I wish it was intuitive. I, I read Aly oh. Alyssa Vitti's book. Um, shoot, what's it called? I know what you're, I know. I can't think of the name either. And actually <laughs> I, it sounds very close to like what you're talking about, but that one's main focus is like how using your, um, how using your periods can help you figure out how to like sort of structure your week and be a more effective, efficient, happier human. <laughs> but mm -hmm. like, it sounds to me like the, the difference in what you're doing with the fertility awareness and it, a book is great uh, only so far in that you're willing to test things on yourself and you already have are comfortable putting your awareness in your own body and, and taking in all of your own stuff. But it's infinitely better if you have somebody like say, like you to bounce these things off of, right? Um, yeah, but like, it sounds like you're more based on like really, really teaching people to how to like, listen to their body in this way and then how to problem solve it. And so you have these, like, I'm going to say maybe benchmarks or things that you like get people to ask about their bodies or information that you get them to get from their bodies. Then you can then say to them, oh, you need, you need soaked seeds. <laughs> And now yeah. I, I, now I know why, oh, why she said in the book to soak the seeds. I was like, okay, I'll do that. I don't know, whatever. Sure. <laughs> bloop. And like, again, I also have, I eat a ton, an absolute ton of, um, oh, what are those seeds called? They begin with an F and I always forget the name of Flax? them. Flax? Yeah. A ton. They're part Great. of my diet literally every day now. Um, and then I eat lentils and mung beans a lot to help with things. But, um, 
I didn't know that the uh, that the seeds not being in water prevented the magnesium and zinc, which I'm also now on. So I take magnesium and zinc, and then I also take iron pills. Great. That's yes. That's a fabulous cocktail for improving <laughs> your cycle. Good job. <laughs> you know, I wanted to say one more thing about um, the vegan diet. And, you know, I really, I don't want to be pushing any particular diet because it's so specific on the individual. Yeah. However, there are some basic nutrient realities that I think we can all agree on. Such I love as, that. I love that you just said that. <laughs> yes. You know, because truly like I have tons of vegan friends and I mean, and I, it's like, I'm, and a lot of people do great on a vegan diet. So I don't want to dissuade anybody. However, I do want to say one thing about fats. So as I'm sure you're aware, say it for the listeners. We are. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought that being vegan would help me lose weight too. When I first got on that diet. Yeah. Yeah. And right. For some people it does. And for some people it just totally backfires. So um, yeah, fat phobic culture, not only in terms of like body shape, but what we eat. So, yep. and I think this is changing a lot. Luckily, we're sort of getting away from like the, oh no, I, can't, I can only have two tablespoons of oil per day or you know, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to tell you one thing, and this might just be all I need to say. All of your hormones are made from fats, specifically <laughs> saturated fats. So yep. what that means is that if you're eating like, and I don't really, I'm, I don't really know how this is now, but um, back in my day when I was young, <laughs> vegan diet was like all the rage. People seemed like they were like, oh, it's great. You eat really, really low fat and you eat like tons of grains. And that's really hard on the body because if you're not giving your body the building blocks for what it needs in terms of saturated fats mm-hmm. and cholesterol, you're not going to be making such great hormones like your hormones are going to be they're going to be trying to work with what they have but if you don't have those building blocks of fats it's really hard and i have known some vegans who were really struggling with their cycles and they start eating like just a ton of coconut oil and beans Uh to get like the the protein now coconut oil doesn't have um cholesterol on it but it is saturated fat so the body knows what to do with that and knows how to build hormones off of that so you know, just, I mean, moral of the story, please eat your fats. Do not fear fat. I used to be so afraid of fat. I eat a ton of fat these days and I'm not afraid of it. And my cycles have gotten so much better since I let yes. myself have that ghee and that butter and that coconut oil. Like, yes. It's, it's good stuff, y'all. Oh my gosh. Yes. Well, we, um, since we moved up to the Northeast, uh, where there's tons of great fresh seafood, we've added seafood back into the diet. Um, and also, like, because I love Ayurveda, <laughs> I also have ghee in like a, a, a in sort of like a drink every day. Mm, and nice. that I guess I can't call myself vegan anymore. But um, that that has been so profound. And if anyone needs any more reason to think about adding and or being less afraid of fats, um, when I did that, I dropped. Uh, weight. <laughs> when I started adding fats in, yeah. like after reading that book, when, when, when I found out for the first time also that, that the hormones were made out of, that the body needed fat to, to work with them. 
I was like, holy shit, why don't, why don't they teach us this in school? Like what I was eating was fucking up my body or actually what I wasn't eating was fucking up my body. Yeah. Oh boy. I just, I know. I wish I could reform the whole school curriculum. (laughs) I mean, I can't even tell you like having gone 25 years of my life, not knowing the basics about how my own body worked, I look back and I'm like, what the hell were we doing dissecting pigs? And learning about photons and nutrients, like how is any of that real world crucial information that is going to be with us for the rest of our lives? Yeah, but like also I went to the doctor and they wanted to give me more hormones, you know, like not a pill or something else. Yeah, Yeah. and not a single Mm -hmm. one of them, not one was like, maybe you should eat more fat. I said I was vegan and that, that when the, that's when they were like, well, let's do a blood panel and make sure you have enough iron and zinc and everything. Oh my gosh. I know it's there. Right. There's no, there's really no um, foundational knowledge like in any of these mainstream institutions. I mean, I've had to educate my own gynecologist about what fertility awareness <laughs> is. I've had to, I could school like most doctors when it comes to talking about your fertility signs and like, that you know the pill and these other hormonal methods are not actually fixing your cycle they're not regulating your periods yeah it's just not and the, and but the pill and these other hormonal methods are seen as the Doing primary that. source of care yep. for for women's issues which yes. is absurd yes I, I like and i this isn't to knock um allopathic practitioners at all um but just to say that there there's so much more at work here and having experienced it, I think it sounds like you for yourself and me for myself as well, like the profound effect that like diet has on things and like how you listen to your body and how you treat your body. I feel like I feel very strongly that those things should be discussed with a doctor and the doctor should have the ability uh, to either refer someone to a holistic practitioner or to um, tell people like, hey, what you do with your body will affect your period. Sorry. Yes, just, I, no, preach. It's, it's like it. these <laughs> basics, you know, these basic things. I mean, I used to work at Planned Parenthood, so I kind of have this like, this insider intel on what that mainstream reproductive healthcare world is like. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, a, you know, I, I got to give props and I got to give love to all the clinicians and doctors and everybody. They're just, you know, they're just doing their job and they really want to help, but they are oftentimes not the right person to go to for certain health issues. Like I always use this, this example, if you had an issue with your blood sugar, Mm -hmm. if you were a diabetic, you wouldn't go to a general practitioner. You wouldn't go to see like a clinician, you would be referred to a specialist to deal with that issue. And when you go to the gynecologist and you're like, Hey, I have really irregular periods. I have random spotting. I have terrible cramps. What is what's going on and what can I do? They're going to be like, we have a pill for that. That's exactly what they do. You want a patch, you want a ring, you want an IUD. And it's like, hold on. Like you're actually not the specialist that I should be talking (laughs) to here. (sighs) Oh yeah. Oh yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So, so, I like, I, yeah. There, I just wish, I wish I could ma- uh, wave a magic wand and let everyone know that there's like so much more to health than medication. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Treating so, symptoms. Treating symptoms is not treating root cause. Uh-uh. <laughs> but also, we're not judging you. If you need the hormones, get them. For like, sure. Do yes, the allopathic exactly. path. Like, like sometimes, you know, look, like if you're having really, really painful periods, which, you know, that's, you know, FYI, that's not, that's common, but that's not really normal. That's not considered a sign of like, oh, this is just how the female body works. So I have to put up with it. You know, if you're having those, these things that are really preventing you from living your life fully and you need a break. Yeah. Like that's a totally legit option. Yep. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure we could go down a pretty deep rabbit hole around hormonal contraceptives and how they affect the body and everything. Yes. Um, <laughs> That would probably be like a three-hour conversation. So. I know. Well, maybe I'll have you back on. Ooh, I would love that. I would love so, that. Yeah, there. I mean, there's so much. There's so much here that we could sort of go into. And I'm just curious, like, from your perspective, um, like, I, well, like, I'm trying to. I'm struggling with how to word this. So how did you end up going into like practice with this? So you, you fixed yourself and you got really into it and you did a lot of education on it, but like, what was the sort of like reason where you were just like, I want to do this. I need to do this. It's part of my life. What was the moment that you had that realization? To do it as a, like a profession. Yeah. Yes. Well, I know my own story and I know, my own struggle. And I know the pain I carried around with me for so many years. And I thought about all the times I had been in the doctor's office and I asked, what else is there besides Mm -hmm. pills, patches, rings, shots, drugs, devices, what else is there? And no one could give me an answer. So I felt like I had this torch of information lit inside of me that I needed to pass on. I was like, I cannot just sit on this information when there are probably so many others out there like me who are not getting the answers they need they're fearing their bodies, they're ashamed of their bodies, they're going years thinking that pain is normal, that discomfort is normal, they're fearing their fertility. Like, ain't nobody got time for that shit. We've <laughs> gotta be, we're here to like feel good and love our bodies and understand how this works. And we don't have to give away our power to the medical pharmaceutical complex and always be like, help me, what do you have? What, what's your answer? You know, Mm -hmm. the answer is inside your own body and it's always been there, but no one's ever told you how to listen. That's so amazing. So I'm curious also, like what sessions with you look like? Do you do one-on-ones? Do you do consultations? Do you have a program? How do you work with people? How do you teach people about this? Sure. So back before, you know, the pandemic hit, (laughs) (laughs) that little tiny thing you all might remember. I was, oh, uh, I was, <laughs> I was teaching mostly in-person classes and I was doing some online consulting as well. I was also doing mostly girls and teens classes, which I really, really love, but now that's eh, on hold for who knows long. So yes, I do private sessions, of course, all over Zoom or the internet these days. And what that looks like is that you can come and get answers to all these questions that you have from a holistic perspective with holistic support to get you where you want to go that probably your average doctor or gynecologist or worse, Google Mm. (laughs) is not going to give you. And 
So that can be, for example, if you do practice fertility awareness, you can come to me and we can look at your charts and we can assess everything that you're seeing and help you make sense of that and really help with that learning curve because the learning curve is pretty steep if you're trying to learn like I did from a book. Mm -hmm. Or it can be for any sort of other general issue. Like I am really passionate about helping um, my students with menstrual pain because that's something I have suffered from. So I've done a lot of research. I have a lot of resources um, about how to make that pain go away and stay away through diet, lifestyle, and environment choices. And so I work with um, students from all over the world as well as couples who either want to avoid pregnancy without drugs or devices, who want to get pregnant without medical interventions and to really mm -hmm. know when the best, uh, most fertile days of their cycle are. And um, of course I do just general cycle education and um, you know, sort of basic nutrition counseling as well. And I also love to educate parents and teens about cycles because that's, like I said, a huge um, topic that's not really talked about all that much. So that's how my sessions work. And in terms of my classes, I have an upcoming program that I am going to be launching called Fertility Freedom. And it is a four-week program to learn the fertility awareness method for natural birth control and cycle understanding. So woohoo, super pumped yeah. about that. And that will probably be translated into a live class at some point. So this first time it's going to be a self-paced video course. So you can do it on your own time. It includes a session with me, it includes group calls, and then the live class version will probably be launched at another point. And again, with lots of support from me and follow-up and group calls and all that fabulous stuff. That's so, so helpful because I feel like, like I was telling you, you can read like a book and then try it out, but then eventually you're, you're, you, it's so nice to have somebody to bounce the thing off of and be like, okay, well, yes. I tried this and I got this result. What's actually happening? Yeah. You need, you need a teacher to <laughs> help make sense of it all. And, you know, I, I'm like a walking, talking book, basically, you know, you can actually <laughs> ask questions too and be like, Hey, is this weird? I don't know what I'm seeing. Help me make sense of this thing. What's your advice? What's your take? Oh, I love that so much. That's so cool. So I'm curious also, um, I guess, how you kind of like approach things from a holistic, and I know we've already talked about this, but possibly also like sort of spiritual stance. And if, if you kind of feel like you've already answered that question, we could kind of pivot it and say like, what sort of ways do you feel like people um, allow society and the things that society tells them about their body to Im influence like what they're willing to talk about or look at and how are you sort of like helping people navigate that for themselves mm -hmm. yes so i would say that the education i offer that will then become yours your education for life basically is one that radically reclaims your own body for yourself because like i said we so often give away our power to these external sources right these external sources of information or authority and we rely on them we're very dependent on them so the, it's fertility awareness is so radical because it allows you to come back into yourself come back into your body and say hey i'm actually the person who knows my body best i'm the expert here and nobody else is. And that power is so 
phenomenal and so disruptive. I, I mean, if like, if most of us knew about fertility awareness, these systems would like crumble overnight. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> we would not need them. <laughs> you know? So I, you know, a lot of my work I found revolves around smashing these ideas that these double standards that we have, for example, I'll, I'll, I, don't, I don't know if this is quite your question, but I'll go here anyway, because I feel I like, like this is gonna, this is gonna fire people up. So consider this, consider this double standard. Um, this, this is just so indicative of the way that we view female bodies. So if a man went into the doctor's office and was like, I'm having really bad testicular pain, what should I do? Do you think any doctor would be like, oh, extreme testicular pain? That's just part of being a man. Um, so it's just normal. It's just what you have to deal with. Sorry, man. Like, here's a pill we can give you to shut off your testosterone and shut off your fertility so you don't have that pain. I don't think that's the case. That's obviously not the case. I mean, I can already hear everybody laughing because that's so absurd. But if, you know, when we go into the doctor's office and we're like, man, I have, I, you know, I have terrible periods. I'm in all this pain. They're like, yeah, you know, that's just kind of part of the deal with having a uterus. Sorry. Here's a pill. Here's some Advil, whatever. So these double standards are all around us. And, um, and so that's become a big part of my work. I realize is like encouraging my students to challenge that, like challenge what you see, employ critical thought. And you don't have to give away your power ever in a medical setting. You know, this is something I also talk, like to talk about a lot is like medical consent. Yeah. Um, having worked at Planned Parenthood, I see how many patients walk in the door and they're scared and they're small and they're like, oh, sorry, I just have a question. Oh, sorry, but, and mm -hmm. it's like, no, 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 you're the expert here. We're here to serve you. Like, yes. you tell us what you need. Like, if you don't want this yes. procedure, you can say no anytime. If you don't want this thing, tell us. Like. The person wearing the white coat and the name tag and the medical degree is not the expert you are. Yes, that's so amazing. And I love that um, we support Planned Parenthood. <laughs> like we <Of> <laughs> donate a, a lot of money to them because I think that the work that they do is so um, critical it's and empowering so critical. to women. Um, but that's like, it's so interesting too. And I, I saw in your bio also that you, um, do sex education um and i didn't know if that was primarily um like kind of like what you're talking about fertility awareness or if that is also talking about like the dynamics of consent in relationship and also like pleasure mm -hmm. yes so i do <laughs> did hopefully we'll do again <laughs> you'll do it again this is the this is, I'm calling it the for now normal. It's not the new normal because it's, this isn't going to stay this way forever, but it's for now. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. The yeah. for now normal. Um, <laughs> so I was teaching these programs for um, girls ages 10 to 11 and then teens ages 13 to 14. And in both these classes, I got super, super into the cycle education with them, which is kind of the heart of all my programs is like, the menstrual cycle education, understanding what it all means so you're not confused, so you know there's more than just periods to your cycle, you know that, that, that periods are a good thing, they're a healthy thing, ovulation is healthy, blah, blah, blah. But woven into all of that is this wide spectrum of 
emotional health, of mm-hmm. assertiveness skills, of consent, of self-care, self-awareness, body positivity, connection to your um, your culture, to your family, to your values, knowing um, sort of your place in the world as you come of age. So it, yeah, those programs are they're pretty hefty. They're like six weeks and I include a lot. Um, but yeah, the menstrual cycle education really is at the center of it and, it. and it kind of informs everything else too. That I can't imagine how my life would have been different or even how my life right now <laughs> would be different if I had that information at that age. Oh, Emily, you know? if I had $50 for every adult who had said that to me, <laughs> I don't know what my life would be like right now, but uh <laughs> When I'd be a rich woman. No joke. Well, and there's such a like powerful um, okayness with all aspects of your being as a woman when you step into own and also like appreciate, but more than appreciate, celebrate your like womb and yeah. your cervix and your vagina, like all all of it. Like I, I know some people prefer the term like yoni, mm-hmm. like but when you get that like voice out of your head that like you need to be afraid of your period or that you're working against it and you start like loving it and paying attention to it, it's such a, it makes such a profound difference in how safe it is for your awareness to be in and with your body. And I think that that work that you're doing is so um, profound and important and needed, like even in the for now normal. <laughs> Yeah, totally. And maybe like even more so in the for now normal, because, you know, a lot of services are are restricted and people don't have access to necessarily like in-person sources of information. I know there's been a lot of trouble with this in the community of, um, you know, the, the, what we call the TTA community, the trying to, no, I'm sorry, I got that backwards, TTC community, Mm -hmm. the trying to conceive community. Like, you know, a lot of fertility clinics are not as available right now. And a lot of, um, you know, traditional or not traditional conventional fertility information is, is just, it's, it's not easy to get. And so I'm like, Hey, this is the best time to learn, you know, body literacy, as we call it, to learn about your fertility, um, so that you don't feel like you have to be going out in the world and like risk getting COVID and, you know, and going in for all these treatments and procedures on top of the, the, all the stress that's going on already. So yeah, I think now's a great, great time to be learning about your fertility and just like take totally taking back your power from all these systems that may not always be here, you know? Yeah. Yes. I love that. Um, question, can people work with you or can people start doing this work if they have like an IUD or if they're on like some form of birth control or is this work uh, like extremely important for you, you know, to be completely without those things? Yeah. Yeah. Great question, actually. So one thing I should have clarified right away is when we we were talking about these fertility signs and charting your cycles, you only make these signs when you are cycling naturally. So when you don't have any synthetic hormones in the body. So if you're taking the pill, patch, ring, shot, the implant, or the hormonal IUD, which the Marina is the most popular one, Mm -hmm. 
then you're not ovulating and you don't, you're not producing any fertility. So you won't be making these fertility signs. However, that doesn't mean that you can't start getting in touch with your body. Like I've worked with students who are like, okay, I'm not, I still, I, I need to be on the pill for like one more month because I'm not quite ready, but I want to start taking my temperature and I want to start touching my cervix. And I think that's fantastic. I think if you want to go ahead and do that, that's great. Um, you won't be producing those fertility signs, but mm -hmm. you know, if you want to just start establishing the habit and establishing the body comfort and the, and the practice of it, that's great. And then of course, coming off of hormonal contraceptives is that's really helpful because you'll see if you're ovulating, when you're ovulating, how good your cervical fluid is, um, how strong your hormones are coming, you know, coming back into their own natural rhythm. And you'll be able to really know for sure, like, okay, what's going on? Like, am I ovulating? Yes or no? Are my natural hormones coming back? You'll be able to see all that stuff. That's so incredible. And now's like almost like the perfect time to do it because we're not stuck, but we're in quarantine. We're hyper-focused on what we have right now. Yeah. <laughs> and congrats. Everyone has a body right now. Yay. <laughs> Just curious, do you like do any educating um, for and or with men um, on their bodies or is it specifically women's bodies? And if it is specifically women's bodies, do you also offer like training for men on how to like help a partner or, um, you know, just be present, uh, and aware of the, the hormonal shifts that, that their partner may be going through? Ooh, yes. So this is, this is a, one of my favorite projects on my to-do list actually yes. <laughs> is to offer this education for the men folk the, the non-cycling people out there, I really want to get this education up and running. Um, I want to work with dads. I want to work with partners. I want to uh, educate um, as much as I can about that. I just haven't figured out how to do it online yet, but I really want to. And um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's really crucial. And I think it would be so fun and so enlightening. And um, I think they would just get such a kick out of it and it would really help them like, oh, I understand. Like my girlfriend is in her luteal phase. That's why she needs like a pound of dark chocolate and a, <laughs> a foot massage. And it would just like, it would be so enlightening. So yes, on my to-do list. It would. And I'm not going to plan any crazy vacations where we're traversing mega mountains <laughs> like <laughs> during these times, you know, yeah. just like working with that is so, um, crucial, crucial, crucial as well. Um, yeah. And I'm going to ask you a weird question and you can feel free to be like, no, Emily, that's ooh, crazy talk. Ooh, no, bring it on. Um, I, I, I love books like the red tint and stuff like that. And in a lot of the research, at least that I've been doing on uh, like the womb and womb wisdom and stuff like that, tends to state that when um, women are menstruating, we are like the most spiritually open. Um, and I thought that that was like such a cool and interesting connection, like with spirituality. And you can be like, Emily, I don't get into any of the woo stuff, but like, <laughs> I didn't know if there's like part, like part of your practice that is also like empowering women or if it in, in that sort of like way like to be able to say like this is your like special time to like slow down and really go within and to like receive wisdom and to think about things like 
like that alongside what your body is naturally going through? Mm -hmm. Yes. So I don't go too much into that unless my students kind of direct me there. And then, and then, we, and then, and then I'm like, oh yeah, let's talk about like the four seasons of your cycle. And menstruation yes. is like the winter time of your cycle and it's snowy outside and you need to get warm. And you know, <laughs> Oh my God, that's so true. I need so much heat when I am yes, on my period. It's oh. so true. So, you know, I always say that menstruation is an altered state of consciousness. Yes. It truly is because at that time, what has happened is that your progesterone has dropped, your estrogen has dropped, and your hormones are suddenly MIA. They're not there. So you don't feel like you feel for most of the rest of the month. You feel mm -hmm. different. You feel altered. You're like, whoa, okay, my normal foundational hormonal levels are gone. And the mm -hmm. body's like, yeah, we're just like, we're going on a trip, you know? <laughs> And it really does. I mean, for me, it, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like it feels a little bit psychedelic, like it is altered. Yes. And, uh, so I, I do, I really like to, to model that for my students, um, of all ages and, and, and say like, Hey, you know, first two, three days of my cycle, I'm out. Like I'm, I'm a hundred percent horizontal, like pretty much that whole time. And I'm drinking, I'm drinking bone broth. I'm eating warm soup. I'm, I'm wearing my wool robe. I'm listening to relaxing music. I'm appreciating nature. I'm sunbathing, whatever. But like, I am not, you know, I don't agree with this whole meme that goes around that says anything you can do, I can do bleeding. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell is that? That's some like male solar yeah. bullshit that we don't need to subscribe to. <laughs> You know, like simultaneously empowering and disempowering. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, we have astronauts who go to the, the to the yeah. to the space station when they're bleeding, for sure. But does that does should that be our the default that's subscribing to a male default that says like, oh yeah, well we're gonna go hard or go home, go big every single day. <laughs> we're not gonna give up. We're in it to win it. Blah blah blah. And I'm like no what about the four seasons of the year what do you think about yeah. bears and hibernation are they like pumping weights and like you know chasing <laughs> down rabbits in the dead of winter they're hibernating yeah they leave them alone but they like, need their time <laughs> yes it's powerful to know that like anything you could do i could do bleeding for sure for but sure then the question is why do why would i want to if i could better use this time to do journal entries about how things worked out for me that month and Ooh, yeah. to uh, like take some time to rest. And like you said, enjoy nature, like sunbathe, whatever, you know, get some warm, drink mm -hmm. bone broth and like communicate to my body on a subconscious level that like, it's okay to like let go of striving and have a moment of just being. And I, I feel like getting into the sort of like kind of like woo woo or aspects of <laughs> of having uh a period and like being sort of like open and absorbent and having that downtime i i use that time for journaling i also use that time for planning um because there's that you know moment of rest where i'm looking at how everything went and how i want it to go and then also like i I feel also like it's a great time. Like you said, it's an altered state. <laughs> so, so yeah. I like to do like meditations and spirit journeys during that time, but 
bigger than that for those people who are like, Emily, that's way woo. I write down my dreams. And I especially have vivid dreams um, when I am having that part of my cycle. And they're beautiful and profound. And when I look at how they apply to my life, there's usually some you know, nugget in there that mm. I wouldn't have come to in normal awareness. So, mm. yes, yes. So this is the kind of perspective that I wish I had had for most of my life when I didn't, when I hated my periods and I yep. was so jealous of all the boys, you know, it's like, we got to make the men jealous that they don't have <laughs> cycles. I know. That's my goal. Hashtag make men jealous because... <laughs> It is such a gift. It is so, I love the excuse to ball my eyes out once a month. Yes. I love the, I love to having this initiation into my, my insight and my wisdom and realizing what is not serving me anymore. I'm getting mad and getting fiery and then like crying and then sleeping a bunch. It's like processing. Oh God, that feels so healthy. That feels so good. It does. Yeah, it does. And that can happen like at any, you know, at any point, but like, it is especially, I think, potent then. And what you do in terms of helping people become aware and like putting the awareness there makes it safe for them to start like stepping into kind of like the bigger stuff around it or the more celebratory stuff around it. Like, so first it starts with, you're not fighting with it anymore. <laughs> here's how you don't fight. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Here, here's the reconciliation pathway. Yes, <laughs> I love that. And like, that is so profound. And it makes me so happy to hear that there, there is someone like you out there, like doing this and offering, offering this to people, which is incredible. Oh, yay. Well, thank you for that encouragement and that validation. It's uh, pretty, it's pretty fringe at this point, but I'm hoping it'll become more mainstream. (laughs) I I hope it does too. And I I hope people listening to this um, podcast uh, feel inspired to like start looking into how they could uh, more joyfully and easily work with themselves and their bodies. So if they did listen to this podcast and they're like, Ooh, Caitlin's where it's at. <laughs> can you tell people where they can find you? <laughs> yes. So you can find me at cyclewiselove.com and you can find me on Instagram at cycle.wise. And I'm somewhere on Facebook. I don't remember what I'm under. I think it's cycle-wise menstrual cycle education. So kind of a mouthful. And then I'm also somewhere on Pinterest. I don't remember what my account is called. But (laughs) cycle-wise, just type in cycle-wise. Hopefully I'll pop up. You'll see my bright pink orange logo with my little heart-shaped ovaries and my little uterus hearts. So um. (laughs) that's amazing. I follow you on Instagram and I've been loving all the like free education that you put out there. It's incredible. Oh, thanks. Doing my part, you know, my little drop in the bucket. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin McMurtry for being here and for sharing your sacred adventure with me. It has been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and your work. Oh, thanks, Emily. It has been a whole bucket of fun being here and I just hope that people come away from this feeling really pumped up and inspired to love their bodies and learn more. Yes. And if you are feeling pumped up and inspired, you can find all the links that Caitlin mentioned in the show notes. I admire Caitlin's work so much and feel that it is so important to let people know that there's a little bit more than maybe what they may have come across out there in terms of 
body awareness and coming to know oneself and having options outside of um, what we are typically presented by perhaps like allopathic um, physicians and um, the modern medical system which this certainly works with, not against, they're not at odds, and I think that you got that um, from the interview. Yeah, so if you are looking to work with Caitlin, she actually has a free online event that is starting tomorrow, which is pretty epic. Um, I think it's called CycleWise. I'm not sure, uh, but you can definitely find it in the links um, in the show notes if you want to head on over there. Thanks so much. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode and maybe it made you think a little bit more critically or deeply about your body and your relationship to it. I'd love to hear from you what you loved um, about the episode. If you want to shoot me a DM, that would be great. Otherwise, I hope that you have an amazing, amazing weekend and that you continue to develop and explore your own sacred adventure. Catch you later. Bye.